Hello and welcome to the Cafe Bitcoin podcast, brought to you by Swan Bitcoin, the best way to buy and learn about Bitcoin. I'm your host, Alex Danzig, and we're excited to announce that we're bringing the Cafe Bitcoin conversation from Twitter Spaces to you on this show, the Cafe Bitcoin podcast, Monday through Friday, every week. Join us as we speak to guests like Michael Saylor, Lynn Alden, Corey Clipston, Greg Foss, Tomer Strolight, and many others in the Bitcoin space. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Make sure you get notifications when we launch a new episode. You can join us live on Twitter Spaces Monday through Friday, starting at 7 a.m. Pacific and 10 a.m. Eastern every morning to become part of the conversation yourself. Thanks again. We look forward to bringing you the best Bitcoin content daily here on the Cafe Bitcoin Podcast. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Cafe Bitcoin. I am guest hosting today for the legendary one and only Alex. Um, hope all you guys are doing well. Cafe Bitcoin is the best place for morning news, preferred hangout for some of the smartest minds in the industry. You could find the audio only version of the show on Fountain, Spotify, Apple. I also want to give a shout out to the awesome Swan app. Download it, install it, rate it, leave us a review if you feel generous. And of course, also want to give a shout out to check out Swan IRA. Go to www.swanbitcoin.com IRA. Check it out. Really cool stuff going on over there. It's uh, it's a good morning. It's eight degrees where I'm at. Eight degrees Fahrenheit because uh, I'm in the states. Uh, so it's it's absolutely freezing. So I'm 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 inside. You know, I have my I have my thick hoodie on. I feel good. How you doing, Jacob? I'm good, man. Didn't you go? Uh... Skiing with Brecky yesterday, or is that today? It's supposed Wait. to be today. The problem uh. is that it's snowed, so like I don't know if I'm gonna do that drive because it might be a little dangerous, and my girlfriend's a little spooked. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I would I would hang out on spaces all day rather than ski. Totally, dude. Whoa, 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 whoa! It snowed, and you're not going. What is there something wrong, dude? <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I don't feel like driving like, cause it's like dangerous. It's like a four, four hour, four hour and a half drive. Um, think but, of it as an adventure, but, but I could, I like, I can ski here. Like I, like I, the, the house that I rented is ski and ski out. So I could literally just put on my skis and go skiing, but I got better things to do. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta word a fight. Opti, how you doing, bro? Good morning, everybody. How y'all been? I've been unplugged for, I don't know, a week. Feels good. But I am bored as shit, guys. I'm not going to lie. Still got another year you, to go, man. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still out in uh, L.A. or California? Yeah, I'm in Cali right now. I, uh, I'm i I'm just talking from my phone today. All my gear is packed up. I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm like, I don't know, noonish. I'll be back and plugged in for you guys next week. Yeah. So I feel, I feel, I feel you on the boredom aspect, Opti. Like I, I can't, I can't not work. I'm I, I, like, I feel like I'm, I'm addicted at this point. I maybe, you know, and maybe it's because we're all blessed to, you know, work in this industry. Jacob, you call it the dream job. I completely fucking agree. Um, and yeah, it's, 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 it's an absolute blessing. And I think that maybe, it's because there's a higher purpose to all this, right? It's not just, you know, punching, punching numbers, right? Like the, you, 
if you work in Bitcoin, you really feel like you're contributing to change, right? Um, you know, however, which way you describe it, obviously, you know, us at Simply, we're a lot more hyperbolic, we're a lot more intense, you know, the way that we describe it. But, you know, this, this really is the separation of money and state. That's what we're living through. And it really falls down to, you know, all us Bitcoiners, all us individuals to really keep pushing that message forward, you know, um, and hopefully get it into the mainstream consciousness of people. Right. Like, why am I using a money that steals from me? Like, that's crazy. Like, I, I don't understand. I don't understand how that that has somehow been normalized. We got to wake people up to this new reality. And of course, you know, the to put it lightly, the establishment has a lot to lose if people wake up to this reality. And another thing that's happening at the same time, right, is what I just described is the disintermediation of, of money. But at the same time, what we're witnessing, and it's beautiful, like I can't believe we're living through this, is the disintermediation of information, right? Like Elon bought Twitter. You saw the establishment, you know, just react, you know, like crazy, calling them all these types of names. And then on top of that, right, you had Nostar, like released a couple days ago. Maybe I pronounced it wrong, but I know I know that you guys know what I'm talking about. And that's like a whole other level of disintermediation of information. Hopefully, you know, it does have – hopefully it could overcome um, Twitter's critical mass. And I know that's, 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 that's a very tough hill to climb, right? But let's see what let's see what happens. But this is a really exciting time to be alive, man. It's like all of these things, all this disintermediation, all this decentralization just empowers individuals, the likes of which we've never seen before in human history. And that's what makes me so so hopeful about the future. Corey Clipson, CEO of Swan, he calls it the bright orange future. I 100% agree. But I do think like that famous Martin Luther King speech, right? We do need to get over that hill. You know, they're, they're, like you could see it. You get little glimpses of what's over that hill, but we still need to get over that hill, you know, and, and they're going to fight. They're going to fight like hell. Um, I think that the Elizabeth Warren bill um, that we talked about yesterday with Jason Brett, um, like he's he's fighting the regulatory fight in the Imperial City in Washington, D.C. And um, yeah, that that bill was like, I feel like that was that was the, the first shots uh, across the bow. You know, they're they're really, you know, they they, they it, that bill really showed us what their cards are, like what they really want to do. They, they, they want to destroy Bitcoin. Um, they want to make software developers register with the state to work on Bitcoin. You know, I, I, I am I am still skeptical that the that the. They claim that the energy, the energy use of the miners is the reason as to why they are banning or, or they're the, yeah they, and already in New York State it already happened they banned um, proof of work miners in New York State and then you had that report by the White House also claiming oh it's Bitcoin's energy use I don't know I, I'm a little bit skeptical about that and the reason the the way that I'm approaching it is look. You control energy, you control people, right? You can, if you can control how people use energy, you can control those people. You can control those people very well, right? And what is Bitcoin but not energy, man? You know, of course, if you think about it, like on a, ba a very basic level, of course they were going to, you know, of course they were going to hate it. Um, so 
what a crazy time to be alive. What a chilly morning. And we just got the legendary one and only Pubby joined us on stage. Are you drinking a beer this early, bro? <laughs> no, man. Not this early. Yeah, that, that gets sort of overrated. It was, it was fun at the beginning, you know. You think every day I can be out there. But, hey, believe it or not, some days it's just water and uh, some chicken wings. But, no, not not yet. It's only uh, 10 o'clock here, man. Um, I don't know, maybe later. Maybe later got some college football on. Uh, off of work tomorrow my, from Fiat Mining. So how you guys doing here? Jump right in. You're already on the ener- on the uh, energy kick with Bitcoin. Love it, man. Trying to trying to spice it up in the morning, get the conversation going. Stack Nico, Nico, Nico. I, I am so bullish. I see so much building going on. I, you know, the 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 the, the price of Bitcoin is so low. I have been snapping up so many sats over the last three months. More than I have ever acquired in my life. I never thought I would see, I never thought I would have the opportunity to get sats, to convert cuck bucks into, into sats uh, at these levels. Uh, and I, I don't know, I'm, I, I think it's, I think this is the bull market, to be honest with you. I, I guess maybe I see things from a different perspective, but I am so bullish all the things that are being built, I mean, Ant with with uh, TimeChainStats.com uh, and, uh, uh, you know, TimeChain Calendar and Noster and the, the Stack Chain and just all of these things that are going on. They are so exciting and, and lightning, you know, just the whole lightning network and layer two and, you know, the potential for layer three and all of these things. I just think it's super exciting. I am I am not bored. I have been I have been enthralled with and maybe it's because I just got in in 2021 and I'm still a noob and um you know my my uh my perspective has not been tarnished by uh by the OG kind of uh of outlook on uh, on Bitcoin but man I think these are super exciting times and I love it and I love being in here. I love being on Cafe Bitcoin. And I love getting this bullish hit into my veins every morning. You know, Absolutely. real quick, it, I was gonna, I was gonna say, um, I, you know, I, re, I retweeted. I went back because I wanted to look at the chart. I wasn't sure. Um, for those of us that had started in December of 2017, it, I mean, that 2000, I, I found the chart of 2018. And what, what's been amazing to me, out of everything that's gone on the last three years, uh, not only with the economy. Uh, but when you have, you know, Luna and FTX, everything crashes, how the times, I mean, almost four years to the day um, between bear markets, as we call it, because it was December, okay, of 2017 to December of 2018, when it, that's, look, man, you just had to suck it up. Four years later, 2022, same thing, December of last year, all time high. And to uh, Pete's point there. You, you do this one year, you're at December. I'm not saying the bottom is in uh, because, look, I, I think we still got a bit of pain. But, look, we are 80% through this bear market. Just huddle on, keep going, do what you do. Now is a fantastic time to be stacking uh, a little bit of time because you don't want to be the one in a year from now when it starts ripping again. Uh, okay, and in two years, it's back up over a hundred thousand. Saying, "Well, man, why the hell wasn't I stacking at sixteen thousand? So I'm with you, man. I, I'm super bullish right now. And congrats to anyone that's here listening that started last year. Okay, and I don't care if you're at thirty, forty, fifty thousand. 
Um, yeah, you got a taste of what the short-term volatility is like, but I, I promise you, man, it, it's it's worth the pain and effort. Um, you're you're going to be duly rewarded for those strong hands. How many years did you use to say, puppy? How many years do we need to hodl? Two halvings, at least. No, 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 but, no, no, no. no. Hold, on, hold on a second, because this just gives me... This this gives me an opportunity because I saw one of Tomer's tweets yesterday, and that tweet was spicy. I'm I'm gonna try to pull it up and I'll put it in the nest. Uh, I'm gonna read it. it. Said friend, this is Tomer's tweet. It said friend, so what's your exit plan from Bitcoin? Me, I'm assuming that's Tomer. Says I don't plan to exit Bitcoin. I want to exit corruption, dishonesty, and fraud. Bitcoin is how I exit all those. Bitcoin is my exit plan. I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I completely agree. When people tell me it's like, "Hey, you're going to are you going to sell uh, you know, you're going to Bitcoin's going to reach all-time highs, you're going to sell." It's like, "What what is it exactly that you're selling it for?" Like, are you like is it like are you you're selling it for most likely you're selling it for dollars, right? Um then if you're selling it for dollars and like it's like, "Eh, they could just print more of that, you know. You're you're funding the system. You're funding the beast. But uh, anyways, Tomer, I thought that was a, a great response. Thanks. Give, give me just a couple of minutes to try to locate myself, and I'll chime uh, back in. I yeah. just got up here. Hey, good morning, Tomer. Uh, yeah, take your time. I'll I'll jump in on that real quick because when you tell so when when you're talking about the two havings. Um, many people, of course, the short-term volatility uh, really gets to them. Uh, but you have to give them the mindset of this is fiat because they don't really have that conviction yet. Put in the fiat you don't want to, you don't necessarily need to see for four one having or eight two having years. That's the mindset you need, okay? Because if you if you're you're taking out loans and you're going to bed every night worried, okay? Um, have the mindset, this is cash that I don't need. This is fiat I don't need for at least eight years, be it your a, a savings account or anything else. And I tell you what, you know, it's the fantastic part is before they know it, um, when they've gone through one having and they've seen what Bitcoin has done compared to where their fiat was, they're not going to sell either. They're, they understand it then and they'll be using it, I mean, on, on the side, but they're not just going to cash out. So I think that's a great point and great answer, Tomer, by the way. Maybe it's because uh, I'm so deeply involved with StackChain that I just have a different perspective being around a community of maniacs that just buy Bitcoin every single day. I mean, I'm just I just watch these people. We just watch the we watch the the uh, the stack get higher and higher and higher. All the side chains, everything. It just continues to move up every single day. And it is just amazing being around a community and being involved with a community that, as I said before, is building so much, is so productive and really sees the truth. And I, you know, it's, it's a rare thing to be involved with a community, to have the, the, um, the luck, uh, and, you know, to be involved with these people, um, all these people on stage who are as smart as they are. Um, it is really humbling, uh, to be up here, to be involved with this and to get the signal and the knowledge from, from people like Nico and Tomer and pub and Ant. And I have learned so much in the last year and a half 
and I continue to learn. And, you know, this is the first time in my life I have been in a space where people are so concerned with the direction the world is taking. And as uh, Natalie Slomenska so eloquently said, you know, the keystone, the cornerstone of liberty is your ability to opt out. And Bitcoin gives us that. Bitcoin is our opt out of this fiat system. You had a great point there on the education part of this. And it's, it's stunning because when you come in to Bitcoin, uh, you, you get have to educate yourself on so many um, different things from economics, all right, from Austrian economics to macro, um, how the how the fiat system works. Uh, once you once you start to realize a couple things, something new comes out. So you're just getting up to speed there. Then, as I guess about four years ago, a bit more, this thing called Lightning Network comes out. All right. Then as soon as you figure out Lightning Network, you're, you're finding about um, running nodes. And now you have Noster. I mean, every time you turn around, man, th there is just some new technology being built upon Bitcoin that you're, you're just constantly learning. I think it's wonderful. Guess I'll... Uh step up to ask a question uh, to fill the gap here. Um, I was wondering what uh, people think about um, when will uh, Bitcoin decouple from the stock market and be treated as a risk off asset like gold? Okay. Um, will there be an event, you know, or events that do that or will it just slowly over time decouple because it's really an education thing, right? Once people know about Bitcoin, they don't, you know, you shouldn't consider it as a risk on asset like, you know, tech stocks and all the other risk on assets uh, should be like gold. Like gold is, uh, has like stood its ground through all this inflation, right? It hasn't gone up or gone down. It's like around 1800 now. And before we had all this crap, I thought, I thought it was already, you know, most the smart money knew that Bitcoin was a risk off asset, but, and I was expecting Bitcoin to go up because yeah, it's designed just for this, you know, inflation's taken off. Bitcoin is anti-inflation. Uh, and I was disappointed that it didn't. And now the, 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 uh, the theme is that, yeah, it's, um, it's, um, anti-inflation in the longer run, which is true, you know, cause if you look over four years, um, uh, you know, it beats inflation. But so that was my question. It's like, when do uh, people think that will happen and will it be a, a, a suddenly thing as opposed to a gradually thing? Uh, so uh, that's my question. I'll, I'll jump in and take this if you want. Um, sure. So, yeah, let's, um, right. You know, I, I think when that finally happens and this is the year i think that started this uh this was to me this was the year of not your keys not your coin it's going to happen when the majority of everybody realizes i need to self-custody and once that's, you start to self-custody and you and you have those private keys yourself uh look you, you they can't they can't do another ftx at that point all right 
where they just have paper Bitcoin. As long as there's been paper Bitcoin around and people are just buying what they think is Bitcoin and really got nothing. You look at FTX, would they have like one one coin for how many how many millions or billions did they promise people? When you have that and or you have people that come in just for the, the gains, the number go up. Bitcoin's one of the first things they're gonna sell. All right. When the economy goes, uh, people are over leveraged. So what you see, yeah, it, it won't decouple because when the economy starts to go, they sell what they think was Bitcoin. So it's going to take time. Per, I just think that it's going to be, and that's going to be, you know, that gradually then suddenly, it's going to be a suddenly, man. I'll tell you what, um, you know, MicroStrategy has their 132,000 Bitcoin. When the other companies and corporations and countries see this finally, and they just put one, two percent in there. Uh, trust me, they're not leaving that stuff on Coinbase for sure. They're going to self-custody. And when you do that, that's when you're going to see the, the real decoupling. So I, I would I would argue that gold has has performed incredibly badly over the last uh, 15 years. Um, if you look at it in a long enough uh, time frame. And I would also say that that Bitcoin is basically TikTok next block. I, I think Bitcoin just continues to rumble along it doesn't really it doesn't really matter it, that the network works the the technology is sound the the mathematics that it is based on is as close to perfection as humans can discover or invent and i think that just the fact that it's tiktok next block it's something that you know i've heard a lot and I still am trying to wrap my brain around because the simplicity of Bitcoin, the ethos and uh, the technology is such that it is difficult for me to shed my my virus laden fiat virus laden brain just can't. It, it's really hard for me to accept the simplicity of it. Um, I am so attuned to things need to be complex to be good versus simplicity, which is not so good because of my my fiat virus. I really think that it already is a well, we know that it is a risk off asset. And I think when people begin to realize that it is it is grounded in energy once they realize that, once they can kind of see that the value of this thing is that it is basically energy, it is a store of energy, once they begin to see that, I think that um, they will gravitate towards it. I think Pubby is correct. The, this, this move to self-custody, I mean, self-custody is such an amazing thing. It is, it is just groundbreaking. This is, I'm a 58 year old man. I've never owned anything in my entire life until, uh, I was introduced to Bitcoin and self custody that nobody can take away from me. Nobody can take it. It is mine. It is the first property in my entire life that I can hold that no one can take. And that is revolutionary. Yeah, for me, this this question gets kicked around again and again. I know a lot of like economists talk about it. I'm not an economist, so maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But, you know, I don't I'm not 100 percent on board that Bitcoin's correlated necessarily with the stock market or any other thing. You know, I think I do think that there is 
in both the stock market and in Bitcoin, the, you know, heavy human emotions on display and all of that. But it's like we I do think that consensus we haven't reached like a global consensus that Bitcoin is money yet, you know, as people. And so there's going to be like my uncle you know, so-and-so who got off zero and has a little Bitcoin in the portfolio, but also is holding gold, for example, and then things start going bad and they're not 100% that they're, that Bitcoin's money. So they're selling that before they're selling their gold. There's like a whole complicated set of, you know, emotions that go into these decisions for everybody. And when you do that on scale, you'll have like, you know, institutions who may be holding, you know, gold and bitcoin and they'll liquidate their bitcoin first you know for that same reason like they'll they personally have reasons or like you know uh beliefs that they that they would be happy to let go of the bitcoin before they would let go of the gold and if you do that on on like a global scale across all of these people it feels like still in 2022 there's still a lot more people who think bitcoin is not money in the world and it's just you know it it has to transition you know, because if you came and asked me that question, is Bitcoin risk off asset? I mean, to me, Bitcoin's the most risk off asset. Like I'm pouring everything I got in there that's extra because I don't know. I, I can't predict the future, but I know how safe I feel with my savings in Bitcoin. So I hope that answers somewhat. Like I said, I'm not an economist. I'm just speaking from my gut. You, you know, it's interesting, I, too, Ann. That that sorry sorry uh, to, I'll let you go in just a second. It's interesting too because the people that you know you talk about institutions holding gold. I don't think they actually hold gold. I think they they all have it's all paid. Well, not all, but most people who you know quote unquote hold gold, they're, they're holding a paper IOU. I don't, they, they don't actually hold the physical the physical gold. It's just it's impossible to do, particularly at the kind of levels that that people need to, to hold it. I mean, a billion dollars worth of gold is a lot of gold and and it takes up a big space. It's a huge cost. There's so much friction with holding that particular uh, asset that, that people just don't do it. And Bitcoin is, is different. It's just so easy. It's, it's, uh, it's 24 words. It's, it's as simple as that. Yeah. So imagine if there were more corporations, more you know, big time, big money investors, more family houses and whatever, whatever, whatever that thought like I and and most and some of you all do where, you know, if times get tough and prices are dropping and things like that, like I'm not selling the Bitcoin, I'm buying more Bitcoin then in, in those moments. So like imagine if if that shifted around the world, you would not even be asking that question. Using your uncle analogy, uh, are you the type of person that would buy it from your uncle? <laughs> That's probably a pretty. I probably get a pretty good deal on that. <laughs> well, not not now only that, that it. because yeah, not only that because I I recently I'm a, I'm a class of 2018 uh, like GPU miner um, with a background in energy and sales. And when I when I first got introduced to Bitcoin, it was on its way up to 20 grand. So call it November, December 17. I needed to figure out how it was created first. Right. Like that. That was my thing. I understood the ethos. Um, I understood the, the energy conversion part. 
I just didn't understand how it was not able to be falsely created, right? So I needed to experience that for myself. Um, I've used Cash App, you know, to, to cash out some stuff, uh, but I don't think it really resonated with me until I did an in-person transaction for cash uh, that it, it was like, holy shit, that truly is not an institution. That was a person that was willing to give me cash for Bitcoin. And I think in, in your specific ex- or example that that would be that would be a very big impact on that mindset. You know, the, the gold versus uh, uh, Bitcoin argument. When, when you said it, you did a, an in-person transaction for cash, was that literally you had uh, a bundle of cash in your hand and you handed it over? Is that how that worked? Um, it was the opposite. I actually sold some Bitcoin uh, that I had acquired. I wanted to make sure my kids had a good Christmas. My wife, you know, like we've been working our asses off this year. And then uh, <laughs> to top it off, we had, we had no power for Christmas. So uh, we had a little bit of a interesting you know say 54 hours uh between the 23rd and the 25th but uh yeah it was me and you know when you when you experience somebody that is willing to purchase the bitcoin from you in person for cash it's it's a difference you know and and i have been on the opposite side of that but it didn't make me think about it until i was the person exchanging it for cash Right. It's not it's not that you have to think about it is an institution or do I have to put my Bitcoin into an institution in order to have access to a market that will buy it as opposed to I can just go to my uncle because he's got Bitcoin. I wonder if wonder if he needs cash for anything. Was was your was your feeling um, a, a feeling? Did you have like seller's remorse when when after not the a, transaction or how, how did that make you feel? I'm, I'm curious because I've never done it. Yeah, no, um, no. You know, because for me, I'm, I'm relatively comfortable in my mindset about Bitcoin and I, I buy weekly, like without a doubt, I buy weekly. And like you guys have talked about uh, since I've been on this uh under 20 grand is a blessing, man. Like I, I go back to some of my older transactions when my, you know, when we were in like the fifties and sixties and I f- find myself buying Bitcoin under five grand. I was like, Holy shit. You know, like how did I have that opportunity? And like most of us have echoed at least sometime in our journey. Uh, you know, I wish I would have bought more when it was lower. So I'm taking full advantage of that every time I see it below you know, when the, when the NFT dicks are swinging. Um, so I'd like to get back to that uh, risk on uh, risk off uh, at, uh, asset uh, issue. And it seems like um, uh, MicroStrategy and Sailor they, of course, realize that uh, Bitcoin is risk off, okay, um, to store a value long term. Now, my original question, uh, I meant that I wonder when the like big uh, institutions will realize that. I think right now when they buy it, 
they, you know, they're buying as a speculative asset just for diversity. So, you know, is there going to be like an event where they're all fall like dominoes and start buying like crazy? Cause there's some like epiphany moment when they realize that, geez, this is a risk off, you know, it's a risk off. It's, you know, it's totally opposite of this fiat based stock system, stock and bond, um, set up. So, you know what I mean? Will there, you know, will, will it take like some other like BlackRock or some big, huge uh, institution um, to do what MicroStrategy did, you know, and then they'll all fall in line because MicroStrategy is like was the leader to do that, you know. Um, so that that's where I'm wondering. I think it would have to come from there, you know, from the like uh, the investing institutions to start treating it like a risk off. And then, you know, everything will follow. And that's when the suddenly might occur. I don't know. I'm just speculating here, wondering when that will happen, because it's going to happen. You know, we're all drinking our bath water here. We all know that it is a risk off asset. But uh, the powerful and rich people, a lot of them that are you know, rewarded by the fiat system, it's got to take some kind of um, uh, major, for lack of a better word, epiphany. Um, to sweep a claw across the landscape and cause that to happen. If I, that, think, it's gonna, if it, it, I right? think it's going to take time. Like it's just going to yeah. take time. Like, because it's like, if you think about it, it's really is like a generational thing. You know, um, Bitcoin is relatively new. Um, investors see it as a, you know, what you said, a risk on asset. I think that over time, you know, it's going to show. And also the price volatility is going to decrease as well, you know, as, as it gets bigger and bigger and bigger in market cap. Right. So and, you know, think about it, 50 years down the road, right, where Bitcoin has really proven itself. Is it really going to be treated like a risk on asset anymore? I don't think so. You know, so I think like the cure to that obviously is education. But I think Bitcoin really needs to prove itself, you know, over multiple decades, not just a decade and a half. Anyways, guys, you're listening to Cafe Bitcoin, the best place for morning news, preferred hangout for some of the smartest minds in the industry. You could listen to the audio version of this podcast on Fountain, Spotify, Apple, and you could download the Swan app, install it, rate it, and uh, leave us a review if you feel so generous. Anyways, um, Tomer, you have your hand up. What's up? Yeah, I, I thought I would try to respond to the risk on, risk off asset question. And um, I think not all risk is created equal there's different risks out there but when we use a broad term like risk on or risk off we're bundling a whole bunch of different things together and when you think of other risk on assets you're thinking of assets that you're even thinking of two things there you're thinking of things that simply go up when money is loose right um and that tends to be speculative assets there's also things that have a high volatility to them because there's a chance that they might succeed wildly, but there's a chance that they might also not uh, for competitive reasons, for all sorts of other reasons. I think Bitcoin is straddling these positions right now in many people's minds, if they're even thinking about it. And it's, demonst it's trying to demonstrate that it's actually not high risk. Right? But people have questions in their mind, like, can the government stop it? Will it crash? Will some hacker break it? All these kinds of questions about actual risks. 
And if you do your own research and you do your homework and you test it and you examine it, you study it, and you even try to attack it and try to destroy it, you end up thinking more and more, oh, this isn't risk on because every risk I can come up with, it seems to survive. And therefore, I'm able to check off the list of risks that it doesn't have. Every company in the world has the risk of competitors making a better product than it's. Bitcoin, I mean, this is a longer discussion, so we won't get into it, but like, Bitcoin actually doesn't. Why it doesn't, well, you know, we'll, is the whole Bitcoin versus crypto debate, which is a, which is a whole big other thing, but it it doesn't. And so the more you look at it, the more you realize, okay, well, so it's, it is very low risk. So then you, then you can compare it to money or T, to like cash or T-bills issued by the government. And you realize, oh, the risk on that thing is actually pretty substantial given the current state of affairs. There's the risk that they'll print too much of it. There's the risk that they'll increase or decrease interest rates in a really rapid fashion, causing me to find myself offside or just not have purchasing power with it. And so earning 0% return on Bitcoin, still having one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin, but there being only 21 billion, ends up being a lot better than earning a negative real rate of return on on cash. And when you look at it that way, then you say, okay, this thing is actually the least risky thing I can have in the long term. So that's a bit of a long-winded answer. I mean, I could probably be much more long-winded about it, but I think it's not something that you end up comparing to Tesla uh, when you've been through a couple of economic cycles because Tesla is, oh, they're in this new category of vehicle. It's very high risk. It may succeed. It may not. It requires government subsidy, but only for a while. Other companies may develop electric cars too. Will they be as good? Won't they be? There's a self-driving component. There's distraction. There's management risks. There's, there's all kinds of other risks associated with that. There's actually no management risk in Bitcoin. There's no managers. Nobody's going to execute poorly. So I'll stop my long rant there, but I'm just trying to differentiate it from and, and try to explain why I think there's so much confusion about whether it's risk on or risk off. And whether that label even applies. I love these spaces because you sometimes get inspired to send out a tweet. I threw one up in the nest. And uh, yeah, I mean, people can argue <laughs> it's a hedge against inflation. It's a hedge against this. It's better than gold. It's uh, let, let me let me tell you what it is. If, and if you haven't, I know this is where Nico and I really have a lot of um, commonalities in, in our thoughts. Uh, this is the lowest risk thing you can do against the financial tyranny that is coming down all right and if we didn't learn our lessons from what we saw in canada when credit lines were shut down bank accounts were frozen and you're scrambling to find anything of value because guess what man this is the most beautiful thing about bitcoin it's unconfiscatable they'll come for your house your cars your boats if you're lucky to have one of those or unlucky um as boat owners will tell you uh Look, Bitcoin is the greatest insurance policy you can take out right now, because guess what? Uh, when it comes down to the future, it, they're, they're going to be coming out with CBDCs. Um, they're they're going to be uh, checking every everything you spend your money on. Does it align with the narrative, the social narrative? Have you been a good little citizen? Uh, guess what? Sometimes you're just going to want some value outside of that system. That in and of itself, I could care less if Bitcoin goes down 
and up 20. I don't care about the volatility because guess what? Uh, 50% of Bitcoin outside the system is a lot better than 100% of nothing when they, they lock down um, every bank account you have. Yeah, that was it. I'm, I'm ending my rant. Oh, I see Leron in the audience. Um, what a morning. What a morning. Um, LTP mining. Have we, have we had a chance to, to, uh, to, have you had a chance to speak? Yeah, I did a little bit earlier. Um, I, if anybody else in the room, uh, I guess wants to chime in, but, Gold can't be used as a tool for a nuclear reactor to become more financially efficient, in in my view. Uh, and about a well, right on the Susquehanna River, they just added 200 megawatts of Bitcoin mining uh, within the last couple of months to a nuclear reactor uh, for one of the largest energy generation companies in the United States. ConocoPhillips, ExxonMobil, Shell Oil, all energy companies, all have publicly stated that they are uh, engaged in Bitcoin mining uh, to one degree or another. Shell is the largest sponsor for Bitcoin Conference 23 and 24. Uh, and I believe they're their speech this year is going to be focused around an immersion fluid for thermal heat transfer, uh, you know, for those types of installations. Um, and when you think about energy, don't just think about the energy that the miner consumes, right? Think about the energy that it creates, not the Bitcoin itself as the currency that we've talked about a lot or as the asset. Um, but think about the heat value that it creates and and what you do in your everyday life, right? Like heat is required to make water palatable and healthy in every region in the in the the world. So what's the value on that? If anybody'd like to chime in. I mean, I'm not going to chime in on the heat and water piece, but it, but on the fact that Bitcoin has is starting to demonstrate this symbiotic relationship with the energy industry and energy really being the lifeblood of a modern industrial economy and and a future one as well. This is something that, as you say, gold doesn't help with. And if anything, you look at the fiat powers at the end, they, they seem to be confused in some way. They're trying to destroy energy or or like spin it out of thin air, out of out of the wind or the sun, where the where we just don't have the ability to extract it as reliably or in the same volumes as as we do from forms of energy like nuclear and fossil fuels. So Bitcoin is the is the one thing that we have that's a prop proposal as money that's actually aligned with human flourishing which comes from abundant clean cheap energy for for everyone in the world for any applications including 
making drinking water safe. Absolutely. And and that, what you were saying, LTP, um, about the these giant energy companies going into the space, you have TEPCO in Japan as well. You have Gazprom in Russia. So clearly this is a worldwide phenomenon, right? You had Jack Dorsey during the Africa Bitcoin conference. He invested into a company, I, I think it was called Grid, that would basically figure out how to use um, isolated energy pockets in the middle of Africa and potentially provide cheap power to uh, to those communities, man. So I, I think it's going to completely change the way that uh, humans organize around each other. Uh, uh, Brandon Quidden has this piece called Bitcoin's a Pioneer Species, right? And if you think about it, right, before Bitcoin, if there's a giant giant energy source, but that energy source was isolated. It was basically useless. You couldn't, they were, you, 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 you couldn't, it couldn't provide any type of value. Now you could literally send some ASICs, right? You can connect it to the Blockstream satellite in space. And all of a sudden that isolated energy that was going to, it was going to go to waste. It was useless. There were, you, you couldn't, you, you couldn't do anything with it. Now, all of a sudden it has value. Right. And that changes the world dramatically. And I think I, I could even make the argument that I feel like civilizations are going to start being built just around isolated energy pockets. And then if you bring it back to what we were talking about with the energy companies in the first place, um, the fact that it's happening on a worldwide phenomenon makes me like, sorry, on a worldwide level makes me extremely, extremely, extremely bullish. And it reminds me of when Max Kaiser said, like on one of his shows, he said, Bitcoin is going to 51% attack the world's energy supply. And I think he's absolutely right. If there's isolated energy, now Bitcoin has given given that isolated energy value. And that's going to change the world entirely. And you can make the case that that's going to create more efficiency and investment in renewable energies without the uh, w- without them having to rely on government subsidy. So it, it's it's absolutely beautiful man and it's and it's only it's it's specific to bitcoin. No other shitcoin could do this. It's specific to bitcoin and it's beautiful and it's going to give opportunities to communities that would have never have had those opportunities beforehand. So it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing that we're witnessing. That very last part that you stated um, about Bitcoin being the one that the energy companies are talking about and not shit coins. That was my epiphany because um, as I stated before, I'm, I'm, I'm in the energy sector, uh, specifically speaking, demand response. And, you know, I've I've worked for clients all over the United States Uh <laughs> a little bit of noise in the background, a little mining action going on. Uh, that was my epiphany. I was like, none of these companies are talking about Ethereum. They're not talking about other proof of work coins. Uh, they're only talking about Bitcoin. And once I figured that out, all my GPUs went, you know, essentially went in the trash. Uh, and I've converted all of my operations over to, to Bitcoin miners and now started focusing on heat transfer and figuring out how to make this work at really at a consumer level. Cause I see the future being 
Bitcoin mining equipment lasting in the range of 15 to 20 years uh, before they really become obsolete. Like you're, we haven't even seen the end of lifetime on, you know, on mining equipment. We've seen faults, but S9s are still digging in. And if all you're doing is replacing that, you know, the, the power through that device with existing costs, then you're getting Bitcoin as a, as a savings account. I, I think it's really interesting to reflect on, on some earlier comments on this. Like one thing that might have been a risk before was, well, will Bitcoin win at proof of work mining or will some will some other protocols coexist or this, that, the other. And it's it's essentially the the game is over. The score is settled. Bitcoin is the only significant proof of work coin that exists. Everything else runs on fumes and vapors and and is running, trying to run away from having to demonstrate that proof of work is its security algorithm. And there is no other security algorithm. There's, there's this suggestion that proof of stake is a substitute that uses no energy. But the closer you study proof of stake, the more you realize, oh, this is just fiat again. There's somebody in charge, the stakers, and they decide what's legit and what isn't. There's no opportunity to, for anyone to enter or leave with with energy there's just no decentralization in it and and it it ends up being a game of elites in this case once once more with all sorts of, all sorts of incredible complexities to try to explain it proof of work i assure everyone here can probably get a really good understanding of how it works within a couple of hours provided they have a good explainer proof of stake it's different in every single implementation it's very complicated. There's dozens of different roles. And when you boil it down, like, it, it's proof of stake is proof of wealth, right? Like that's what stake is. And so it says those with the wealth get to make the rules and get paid for you to use the system. It's not, it, it, and there's no other validators outside of proof of stake. So um, I, I'm just going going on, I guess, maybe a bit of a rant. But but once again, it's like there's one less risk in thinking about Bitcoin now that there really is no other viable proof of work coin, which is the risk that Bitcoin be overtaken by some other proof of work coin, which is really some other decentralized coin. And the, there's really no other decentralized coin of any significant security. Absolutely. And I think I think you hit the nail on the head, uh, Tomer. Uh, the, the proof of stake is a continuation of the system we have now, right? The people that have the most at stake, the people that have the most amount of wealth are able to change the rules of the system to benefit themselves, right? That's literally what's been happening in fiat. That is what we're seeing happening in, you know, in the, in the crypto shit, crypto shit space. Proof of work is what makes Bitcoin uncorruptible. Without proof of work, it, it wouldn't be Bitcoin, right? If if I'm Michael Saylor and I'm holding a hundred thousand Bitcoin, and I'm a pleb and I'm holding 0.01 Bitcoin, Michael Saylor doesn't have more influence over the network. In fact, the pleb and Michael Saylor are equal, and that type of system has never happened before in human history because in a proof of stake system, what would happen 
but Michael Saylor had this large amount of wealth, he'd be able to change the rules to benefit them to benefit himself. And the little guy is the one that got hurt. Can't do that in Bitcoin. So it makes it special. It protects the little guy just as much as it protects the big guy. And it protects them from two things, financial censorship and monetary debasement, the hidden tax of inflation that perhaps is hidden here in, in the developed world because it's ever so slight. But in, uh, in the developing world, no, 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 it's in your face. It's in your face. It's, it's, not, it's not that hidden tax. You know what's going on over there. And for those people, I, I am the most bullish. So those people, I, as soon as I tell them, hey, there's, there, there's, this, you know, there's this money that you can use. It's not controlled by the government. They're so enthusiastic. They tell me, where do I sign up? Because for them, Bitcoin is a necessity. And for us in the West, in the developed world, Alex Gladstein wrote it perfectly in his, in his great book. We have financial privilege. We have the bread and circuses. We have the very well-developed rails. But if I'm a Venezuelan, it's about putting food on the table. They adopt it out of necessity, and the West, we adopt it for speculative reasons. I went on a little bit of a, of a rant myself, Tomer. <laughs> but yeah, um, I feel very passionately about proof of work. And every time the social attacks increase on proof of work, unfortunately, what's never provided is the counterpoint, right? It's like, what are, what, what are the benefits of proof of work? And, and it breaks my heart because it's never mentioned. It's never mentioned. What are the benefits of proof of work? They never talk about that. What are, the, what are the downsides of proof of stake? They never talk about that. They only talk about the energy. And that sucks. Anyways, well, stack chain, yeah. you have to end up. Go ahead, Sorry. Tim. Yeah, I was just going to say, this is part of, people should really read Alex Epstein's book, Fossil Future, uh, because he speaks about abundant energy. And he speaks specifically to the point you were just making, even in chapter one, which is if you, if you're trying to criticize something, you have to speak both about its positives and its negatives. And if you only talk about the negatives of something, well, then you won't want to do anything because anything, because it's just a list of negatives. You know, energy, abundant energy is what allows 7 billion people to be alive on the earth simultaneously. Before we had abundant energy, the human population was under a billion. If we don't have abundant energy, it will drop there again. Energy is what lets us live to our 80s on average or high 70s on average. Before energy, people only, <laughs> the median age that life expectancy around the world was in the 40s it allows us and that's why there's so many more people alive because we're we're all living longer and we have more food and we have all these things that come from energy so yes there are side effects yes there are consequences they're not as you know they're not as catastrophic as the media reports either that he's got a whole other section on that but when you only present what's wrong with something you end up with a very distorted view of the world. And so you need to look at the positives and the negatives. And, and I think this is where the politicization of energy has become a real menace to our civilization because all the politicians are advocating a reduction in energy, which is a reduction in livelihood. You know, you want to talk about inflation. If there's, if there's a supply chain problem where there's no energy, 
no amount of money printed will buy warmth, clean water, clothing, shelter, all these things, every one of them produced with energy. And the foundation for your house is not dug up by men with shovels. It's dug up by excavators running on fossil fuels. The, the bricks that are made for it are not handmade. They are made by machines running on electricity or fossil fuel. And it just goes on and on. Everywhere you look in the world, every source of human wealth requires energy to make. And so we should be seeking a world with abundant, sustainable, inexpensive energy as much as we can be. And we want everything in our economy aligned with that from a sustainable perspective. Okay, that's my rant. So, so uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Sakshin, go ahead. Okay, so I, <clears throat> and I wanted to make a couple of comments. One um, was going back to something Nico said about uh, holding 0.1 uh, uh, Bitcoin. I just looked at my purchase history and back in November of uh, 21, <clears throat> excuse me, November 18th to 21 to be exact, I spent $2,500 buying Bitcoin. I bought 0.044 Bitcoin at that time. Just yesterday, I Since bought... we're in a pause, I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, I got to jump, but you guys have a great day. Uh, Peter, I can All the way. Uh, mining, it was great to have you up, man. Thank you. Uh, but yeah. you couldn't hear Peter. He was, he was gone. Oh, sorry. Yeah, all right. You guys have a good one. Sorry about the interruption. Bye. Oh, no problem. Uh, just yesterday, I bought $2,500 worth of Bitcoin, and I bought 0.15. I was happy to buy Bitcoin at in, in November of 21 for the price that I paid for it. I am so much happier that I am buying Bitcoin at these incredibly low prices. I know that Bitcoin is going to be worth far more in dollar denominated uh, in a dollar denominated sense in the future because of what Nico and Tomer are talking about here. And I, and I also want to say that, you know, this idea that that Bitcoin is is this FUD that Bitcoin is is this this waster of energy and is this polluter and all this. If the United States dollar is backed by the full force of the United States monopoly on violence, the U.S. military is the single biggest carbon producer and polluter the world has ever seen. That's what your dollars are backed by, Elizabeth Warren. That is the pollution that is being created by your fiat system and your dominance of of the uh, and the hegemony of U.S. dollar in this world, and it is ridiculous to talk about uh, the, the the this fud that Bitcoin uh, is going to boil the oceans. It is absolutely ridiculous. I want my money secured. I want my value protected, and I don't need it protected by the monopoly of violence of the U.S. military when I can have it protected by the Bitcoin network. How dare you? hundred percent. And, and, and I think that that in itself is what's going to fundamentally change everything. And also, you know, I also believe that the establishment, you know, the, 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 the government for, for I, I, the states, let's say, let's, let's go with that. 
they're going to have a very difficult time coming to terms with the fact that they are not needed in in a role that they used to have before and that role gave them a tremendous amount of power and influence over society and that is a very tough pill to swallow and this is why um i've been interviewing i've been interviewing people on 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 my podcast regulatory guys guys that worked at B, uh uh bpi and we all kind of come to the same conclusion eventually, which is I don't think it's compatible. I, I don't think the two systems are compatible, right? You have the way that it currently functions, right? The U.S. Treasury, the Office of Foreign Asset Control, basically dictating who is, who is entitled to use money and who's not entitled to use money, right? That's that system, right? There's pros and cons to that system. And then there's the other system, which is Bitcoin, this open monetary network. Right where you have to be, you have to be okay with your worst enemy using Bitcoin. Right, so there are cons to the both systems, and the pros to this system, right, is you know you could say it stops you know terrorism, it stops bad people. Right, the cons are is that there's a lot of but, but that's damage. a lie, Nico. It doesn't stop anybody from using cash. All uh, those people use U.S. dollars for all those nefarious things. No, I, I mean, look. <laughs> It's not so black and white. But what I'm trying to say is that there's two systems in front of us, right? There's two systems. There's a system where a few bureaucratic elite get to decide who is entitled to use money and who's, in, who's not entitled to use money. And you have an open, monetary, an open monetary system, right, which is Bitcoin. Inevitably, there's going to be a clash, right? We better hope, specifically if you want to stay in the U.S., um, we better hope that we have – Corey, Corey wrote uh, uh, an article about this, in fact, uh, the race to avoid the war. We better hope that we have a hardcore army, peaceful army of hardcore Bitcoiners that represent enough political, that have enough political willpower so that when that clash inevitably happens, we can hold our own. Because if not, I, I tell this joke to Opti all the time. I'm like, brother, if we fail here, we're all going to have to move to El Salvador. <laughs> so, yeah, man, this is this is crazy. But look, I think in the grand scheme of things, Bitcoin's incentives are always going to win the day. All they have left is coercion. CBDCs will never match Bitcoin's incentives. They're always going to want to debase. They're always going to want to control. We have something that has better incentives. They just have coercion. And I don't know how long that they I don't know how long they could use that for. Um, but really, really, it, 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 it's it's look, it falls down to all of us. It falls down to all us individuals. This is a grassroots movement. All of you guys in this room, every tweet that you like, every meme that you make is a metaphorical bullet. It's a metaphorical artillery shell in this narrative trench warfare that we're fighting. Because this is an information war. When Elizabeth Warren drops her bill, she tweets it out. And she basically is saying, hey, software developers have to register with the state before um, they can write code for Bitcoin. Like some crazy, crazy stuff. If you, if you checked her Twitter when she posted that, go in the comments and there was Bitcoiners giving her hell. Right? Memes, truth bombs, like... 100, 150, 200 tweets. 
And that's, that serves a purpose because the average person, perhaps they're, they're a no coiner, perhaps like they don't know anything. They're, they're not involved in Bitcoin and they, and they're following Elizabeth Warren. They're going to go to the comment sections and the comment section is going to serve as a counter narrative to her narrative, which is why it's so important for all of you guys, all of you individuals. If you, if you're not a good tweeter, doesn't matter. Like follow Bitcoiners, get involved, get on the mission. We will win this thing. If we put our hearts and minds into this, we will win, but they're not going to give over those keys gently. And we have to do this peacefully. We have to color within the lines. And we will win. I will die on this hill. Anyways, I want to I want to welcome uh, Lawrence Page, Lawrence Lepard. How you doing, bro? I'm good. Yeah, I'm on the mission, man. We got to be on the mission. And so I invited Lawrence because look, we were talking about gold earlier. And look, if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about it, as Tomer says, you talk, you know, you get the the pluses and the minuses as we move forward. Um, no, no one better in the world, in my opinion, to talk about gold, where it's been, where it's going, its use case uh, moving forward. So yeah, Lawrence, how you been, man? Good to see you. I'm good. Nice to join you guys. Yeah, I know a shitload about gold, but a lot of Bitcoiners hate me because of that. <laughs> How do you think gold has performed um, over the last uh, 15 years, Lawrence? Um, well, it's it's obviously underperformed, although, you know, it has trended up. I mean, if you kind of look at it on a long-term basis, it's going up about 8% a year, which, you know, kind of sucks. But, you know, it's better than going down. I mean, it is trending up and it does somewhat protect against inflation, but they've they've managed to suppress it so much, it's really taken the zip out of it. and obviously Bitcoin has crushed it, but it, you know, it's not going away. And, you know, and the thing that we see coming, the debasement that we see coming, you know, both these assets are going to go a lot higher. I mean, Bitcoin is going to outperform by far, but, but gold's not going down. I mean, people think gold is dead or, you know, they're very wrong about that. I mean, they are really the only two neutral reserve or two neutral, you know, forms of money that, you know, represent final settlement that, you know, it can't be fucked with. Well, they can be fucked with in terms of the pricing, but, um, you know, you, there's no credit involved in, in Bitcoin or in gold. So, you know, Bitcoin is, is digital sound money and gold's analog sound money. Do you see gold as uh, decoupled from the uh, from the from the equities markets? And that was the question earlier was uh, when is uh, when is Bitcoin going to decouple? And um, one of the things that was brought up was gold and its and its performance um, in, in, during the same uh, time period. Yeah, so gold has never really been coupled to the equities markets. I mean, gold tends to be much more of a risk off asset, you know, or, or a inflation on asset. So and Bitcoin was trading like the triple Q's because, you know, there's just a lot of liquidity and, you know, there are people speculating in it and a lot of leverage, as we saw, which has now gotten unwound. So. You know, I think Bitcoin is going to look a lot more like gold as being a, a risk off asset. I mean, Bitcoin is probably the lowest risk asset out there. The price movements wouldn't let you believe that. But, you know, here you got a commodity that with a fixed supply that can't be changed. You know, I mean, it's like, duh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but it, you know, gold is gold is um, gold's not going anywhere. And the transition from gold to Bitcoin is going to take time. 
particularly for older people in certain parts of the world. But, you know, Bitcoin is emerging sound money and it's going to crush gold. I can't hear you guys. I think I got cut off. No. Oh. Um, No, you're good. Okay. No, you're good. I was waiting for Nico to jump in there. Yeah. Throw it around the stage. Uh, I no no I was I was finishing uh, I was waiting for Lawrence to finish. Guys, you are listening to Cafe Bitcoin, the best place for morning news, preferred hangout for some of the smartest minds in the industry. You can find us on audio podcasts, Fountain, Spotify, Apple. Also, check out the Swan app. Download, install, and if you're if you're feeling generous, leave us a review. Anyways, um, I see some new people on stage. Orange, orange pill. Do you have your hand up? What's up, bro? Going once, going twice, going three times. Isabel. Hi. I was just going to say, what do you see as being um, sort of the biggest challenges for Bitcoin in terms of, you know, its relationship to gold or catching up to gold? Like, what do you think stands between Bitcoin getting to that, you know, uh, basically like gold level market cap? Like, how do you see that playing out? Lawrence? Oh, is for, yeah, is that for me? Um, I just continued adoption. You know, um, it, it won't take that much. I mean, I think on the next rip, Bitcoin is going to go to 150. And what, it, you know, where we are today, it's almost 10x where we are today. So that would get you to 3 billion. I mean, the tradable gold total market cap is about 10 trillion. The tradable gold market cap is about 5 trillion. And so, you know, Bitcoin will be approaching flipping gold on the next run, in, in my view. Um, you know, you've got the problem is you've got 5,000 years of history and 6 billion people that know that gold is money. And then you've got us, you know, and, and there are a lot of us that are smart and get it, but there aren't enough of us. And so, you know, that's got to spread, right? And, um, you know, I mean, a lot of people now, I think, I think, there could be a lot of revelations in the next couple of years, right? I mean, when, when Bitcoin rises from the ashes, everyone who thought that Bitcoin was dead because of FTX is going to be, you know, shocked and surprised and regret that they didn't buy it at 17 or 16. And then in turn, you know, when inflation turns out not to be transitory, it turns out to be part of the program and the Fed has to pivot to prevent the financial system from imploding, which is kind of imminent. Um, you know, gold's going to go through 3000. And, and at that point in time, even the normies are going to say, holy shit, Something's wrong. Well, the other thing that's got to happen is all the buy the dip crowd in the stock market has got to get their ass handed to them, which they're about to have happen. I think I think the big story for 2023 is going to be how shitty the stock market is. I mean, right now, the stock market's down. S&P is down about 20 percent on the year. And everybody's sitting there saying, oh, you know, OK. I mean, I know this because I go to a gym with a bunch of normies in it. And, and they're all like, yeah, my portfolio's down. But, you know, everyone says you got to be long term. You don't sell this. that. And well, wait till it goes down another 10 or 20 percent. And they're looking at their retirement nut getting sliced again. I mean, that's going to be a wake-up call. It's going to be a huge wake-up call to, holy shit, what am I doing? Oh, and by the way, this gold shit's working and this Bitcoin shit's working. Maybe I need to be over there. So it's, it's coming. And it's probably a couple of years out until, you know, Bitcoin flips gold. But it's coming. Do you think – and then I think it's a really interesting um, – who was it? I think it was Peter Thiel at Bitcoin 20 at Bitcoin 2022. Um, and he was basically making the argument that 
for Bitcoin to get to that market cap, um, people like Jamie Dimon would have to step aside. I think he mentioned um, Warren Buffett as well, um, perhaps Augustine Carson. And the, 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 the way I'm going with this is, do you believe, Lawrence, that there will be some type of manipulation? Because like we know that the price of gold, you could make a very strong argument that, that it has been manipulated downwards. I know, of course, with Bitcoin, it's a lot easier to take self-custody. But I mean, look at what happened with, uh, with, with, uh, with FTX and Celsius. There's a tremendous amount of Bitcoin that was just rehypothecated. They were selling paper Bitcoin. They were selling Bitcoin that they didn't have. So what are your thoughts on that, Lawrence? Do you, do you, would, is that something that concerns you? Do you think that potentially they could suppress the price of Bitcoin? And how would they do it? Yeah, they, well, they would do it with futures and options and swaps and, you know, all the derivatives. They do it the same way they've done it with gold. And, you know, they create accounts in various places and, and you know, they've, they've got an unlimited balance sheet, right? They can print as much money as they want and take losses and they don't have to report them. I mean, I'm pretty sure the federal government runs two sets of books. But and, and so, yeah, you know, it's it's a concern. Um, I, I think it's less likely. I don't think they have all the pieces in place yet. I mean, the good thing about Bitcoin is it's moving so goddamn fast that, you know, when, when Bitcoin went from, you know, the 10, 10,000 range to the 50, 60,000 range in late 2020, 20, early 21, you know, I mean, alarm bells had to go off in every finance ministry in the world. And they're like, holy shit, we got a problem. And so they're they're definitely trying to figure out how to contain that problem. But if you look at the math of the size of the derivatives markets in Bitcoin that we know about anyway, it's still small compared to the total size of the Bitcoin market. I mean, the gold gold derivatives are like, you know, 10 to 100 X the value of the physical gold traded or of the paper gold even traded in any given year. I mean, the derivatives are enormous. So it's kind of a tails wagging the dog sort of situation. I don't think that's been fully built up in Bitcoin yet. So I, I do think that probably some of the derivatives capped the last run. I think, you know, a lot of the math said the, the last run should have gone further than the mid-60s. So, you know, it, it's an issue, but I, I don't think it kills us. I, I think it's just a deterrent that slows things down. And that's kind of true in gold, too, by the way. I mean, it's not as if gold's at $35 an ounce like it was in 1971. I mean, even they know they've got to, generally speaking, let things trend up or else they won't have any gold mines left or else they won't have a functioning economy. I mean, they, you know, what they're trying to do folks, in my opinion, is they're just trying to manage along this very narrow ridge where if they fall off one side, they have hyperinflation. If they fall off the other side, they have the great depression. So they're trying to, they're trying to steer down this, this narrow ridge and, and stay somewhere in the middle where the economy basically functions and, you know, inflation's not raging. Um, you know, and, and so they use all these things they use, you know, and they view it as a matter of national security. I mean, Gata.org has a lot of great information on this. I mean, they, you know, there, there are all kinds of things buried in, in a lot of different laws and so forth that allow them to do whatever they want to do to keep the U S financial system and the dollar strong. I mean, and they know it's, it's like to them, it's as important as the nuclear codes. I mean, it's, it's critical. So yeah, you got to assume they're going to, you know, fuck around with it, but I don't think they're going to kill it. And I don't think they're going to, I just think it's like everything else. I mean, that's why, unfortunately, I mean, this battle, we should win this battle. We should fight this battle, win it, and it should be over in five years. Fiat should just fucking die. It's so stupid, so levered, so out of control. But, but you know, think about it from their point of view. Their point of view isn't necessarily to win the battle because they can't. Their point of view is to extend the battle. And that's why it's going to take, 
10 or 15 years for this to play out in our favor, sadly. You know, um, that's why I actually root for the MMT people and the Keltons and all this. I mean, I'm like, hey, have at it. You know, let's just print as much as we can possibly print. Let's get right. You know, come on, let's game on. Let's have hyperinflation now, because if we do that, the system will collapse and then we get to put in a better system. Right. But of course, you know, they're smart enough not to, to try and avoid that. And that's why Powell's doing what he's doing right now. He knows he had a hyperinflation scenario on his hands if he didn't do this. So it's it's a mess. It's a real mess. But, you know, in general, we've got the wind at our back. We have the macro wind at our back. I mean, it doesn't feel that way right now because it's at 16 something. But but we do. You know, if you look at a longer, if you open the lens up and look at five, 10 years. Yeah, Lawrence, I appreciate your uh, feedback. Nico, sorry about the uh, hand up earlier. I was fiat mining and got on a call, but did want to add uh, how my lens of uh, the worldview has changed. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on. Save your thought. If you're fiat mining, right after you, right after you fiat mine, you have to stack. You can't go <laughs> from fiat mining to not stacking. Fine. <laughs> on the swan app um anyways orange pill. what was your original thought sorry to interrupt you man uh, yeah no worries no i deserve it um uh no my just the the lens of my worldview has changed so much as i have really not just looked at it as investment but as uh, a, a world-changing technology uh a protocol whatever you want to say it is uh, i look at everything just a little bit different whether it be from uh, you know, military might um, from, you know, our healthcare dollars that we spend uh, just pretty much everything, you know, the, the, the housing market, how all this stuff isn't inflated and it's really hidden tax on us. And, you know, it's really give, given me a new lens to look at the world and see how I guess infested everything is with fiat money and uh you know i'm trying to make it a mission of mine uh number one to get on the mission by helping others uh orange pilling them but uh it's this has been a great help um you know listening to these podcasts every day uh you know listening to to, to peter and his 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 journey which peter you should be doing some tax loss harvesting if you bought that much uh last november uh, already done already done <laughs> just like but, just like michael saylor I, I practice good tax avoidance habits and thank you swan for uh facilitating that there you go no i i just am i just appreciative of this community uh you know the bitcoin conference out in, in la was uh spectacular um really enjoyed it looking forward to uh to to really furthering the mission uh, every chance i get i'm starting to become the bitcoin guy at work uh you know and probably people are getting tired of it but uh i just keep dropping hints every time someone complains about inflation or anything like that I, it's there there's my crack uh that i get my my foothold in and uh that's how that's how it begins uh and, and then just like you said earlier nico joining twitter getting on twitter getting in the in those trenches and likes and retweets and memeing and um, you know, I've, I've learned a lot about the macro industry from listening to, to Lawrence and Foss and, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Dr. Jeff and, 
it's just been uh, it's been an incredible journey these last uh, I would say about twelve months uh, that I've really been very serious. Even though I'm class of 2017, uh, these last few uh, you know dozen months here have have been uh, life altering. So thank you for letting me come up and speak. Uh, privileged to be here and honored to be on the same stage as uh, the likes of Tomer and uh, Nico Lawrence and 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 everybody here. So thank you. Thanks for sharing, man. Stacks chain, you have your hand up. I, I just want to say, you know, that, that, um, you know, listening to, to, um, uh, orange, uh, orange build, I, I just want to say that it is easy to, to, you know, feel kind of burned out and kind of down and, and, and feel like, you know, this, this market just goes on and on and on and, and, you know, the FUD keeps going on and on and on and the world is crashing around us. If anybody in the in the crowd or on stage feels like that and needs a refresher and a recharge, come join this group of maniacs at StackChain. It, it, you don't have to do anything other than tweet. And, you know, you don't have to dox yourself. You don't have to uh, put your buys. You can buy as little as a dollar or nothing at all. Just come and join. Come and enjoy the memes, the shit posting, the community. There is a group of maniacs that just want to buy Bitcoin. They just want to buy more and more. They don't care about the price. They don't care about the macro. If you feel like you are burned out and you need a break and you just need to recharge your orange energy, come join us. I think that was an excellent point. <laughs> this Man, you, you guys are down in the doldrums. I get it. A lot of us get it that have been there. And, uh, you know, I retweeted this today just just to um, inspire, man. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always full of the hopium. Uh, and and the future we have with Bitcoin, and so I, I I was digging through, looking through my archive here of tweets, and this is one year after December 2017, and I, I I'll throw it up in the nest in a bit, but I remember, this is from August 2018. All right, we're, we're down 70 percent, and I responded to somebody saying, I know what you mean. I am one of the unlucky ones who started last December. Well, that's your first clue, guys. It, in four years, you're going to be one of the unlucky ones, quote unquote, um, that got in. Uh, I said, honestly, though, every time I accumulate more Bitcoin, it feels great as it is on a huge discount. I understand now how it will transform the world. And I have no reservations if it drops to a thousand dollars. That was the point we were at, man. We, you didn't know that it was going to go down to a thousand dollars. We didn't know. Uh, you look at you look at the hash rate. You look at you look at the, um, the the projects being built around Bitcoin. This is before Lightning, uh, before everything else. This is about hope, man. Yeah, it, this year sucked. I understand it, but guess what? We've been here this long. We're going to be here for a while. Hang in there. All right. It's it's it, the best thing is in a bull market. Guess what? The price is never coming down. When it hit sixty thousand, everybody knew it was going to a hundred until it wasn't. All right, you, you you see all these the, the scams that come in. They try to try to build the the current financial system on the back of Bitcoin, and it brings the price back down. And you're down here, and you're thinking it we're going to go under ten. Uh, it, it's never going to end. Guess what? It ends. 
hang in there. Always come and, and enjoy these spaces um, because guess what? These are the same people that have been here for a long time. All right. So uh, don't give up your hope, man. The future is so bright for Bitcoin. Probably I am bullish because I am stacking 6,000 sats per dollar at the moment. And I want to read you guys a tweet. So I've been tweeting in the background as we've been having this conversation. And I put out a tweet. Uh, Is Bitcoin dead? Have Corey Clipston and crew stopped smash buying Bitcoin? If you haven't been acquiring Bitcoin, quote, I don't know, dude, you're fucking stupid, Greg Foss. The response to this was from Chewy. I have more blocks than Corey, Saylor and Foss combined. The next response is, quote, please don't have children, Greg Foss. And then the next one after that is, quote, the kids deserve better, Greg Foss. This is how you keep your spirits up in a bear market and how you turn a bear market into a bull market. I am so bullish. I am so convicted. I am so happy to be with this crew, to be on this stage. As Orange said, it is a privilege. It is not a right. It is a privilege. I'm a 58-year-old man, and for the first time in my life, I know what money is. I never knew what money was. There are so many people out there that just don't understand what money is. And guess what? Bitcoin has taught me this. Amen. Amen. Hey, I just wanted to also chime in there. It's just, I, I am absolutely bullish. I never thought I'd see these prices again uh, down this low. And like I said earlier, 6,000 sats uh, per dollar. And, you know, moving from a Coinbase account where I held my quote unquote Bitcoin this year to taking self custody and actually owning it. And now, uh, you know, I even jumped on and got a coin, uh, a coin kite cold card Mark Four, which looks so damn scary to me um, compared to some of the other ones out there. But man, that is one awesome device. Um, it's not scary. It's pretty damn easy. Highly recommend it. Uh, and and props to uh, Ben at BTC Sessions. Go out watch his videos if you're new. Um, and just you're, you, you've got stuff on, on Coinbase or whatever, get it off, get it self-custodied. There's so much information out there. Um, the building is now, I'm very bullish on it. And now Sailor is talking about investing in the Lightning Network. Uh, super excited and want to hear what uh, everybody on here has to think about, uh, about that statement, about the Lightning Network and you know, is he looking at it from a VC standpoint or doing something with micro strategy? I, I, I'm so curious on that. That's uh, super bullish, so. Super, super bullish, man. And I'm honestly, I'm so glad to hear that. It's, it's, it's extremely refreshing to hear that you took, you took the personal responsibility to go and get the device. In my opinion, it's one of the best devices to take self-custody of your Bitcoin. And I think that is a huge step. And eventually you're going to learn it. I think self-custody is easier than dealing with the traditional uh, banking system. It's just like uh, the the analogy I always use is the movie, The Matrix, right? Where um, basically 
uh, uh, Morpheus is showing Neo the the reality, and the Neo freaks out like he couldn't take it. And then like they pull Neo out of like the construct, and then like Neo just like he, he freaks out. He like throws up and he passes out. In the next scene, Neo's sleeping, and Morpheus is like standing above his shoulder. And Neo looks up to Morpheus, and Morpheus says, "I'm sorry, Neo. After a certain age." We just don't pull people out, right? And then how does this apply to Bitcoin? We've been – if look, I'm, I'm 30, right? The vast majority of my life, I've been in the fiat matrix using the fiat system, right? I've had to unplug, unlearn the things that I learned to learn Bitcoin, right? How Bitcoin functions. And once you compare the two systems, Bitcoin is 100 times easier, Writing down 24 words, you know, uh, restoring that onto a hardware wallet, spending with it, it's easy. It's very intuitive. Like if you think about like how the banking system works, you have to call, hey, why did you freeze my card? Was this transaction yours? Uh, yeah, you have to send a wire. For some reason, it's, it's $30 and you have like this like weird little device that switches, like the, the numbers switch and you plug it in to send the wire. If it's above a certain amount. You have to go into the into the into the place itself. If you withdraw over ten thousand dollars in cash, they make you sign out paperwork. If you deposit more than ten thousand dollars in cash, they make you sign. Like it's a really weird system. Bitcoin is a lot easier. The problem is that most people have spent the majority of their lives in the fiat matrix, and they're accustomed to the fiat matrix. They're not accustomed to this new system. But I'm super glad, man, that. That really made my day that not only did you just buy a treasure or a ledger or a jade, no, you went straight to the cold card. And I promise you, man, that looking back on this, you're going to be very happy that you did that. Yeah, I, I actually went with a, uh, I did have a bit box and a keystone just because I was not sure what to get. And then I learned more about cold card uh, and jumped on one of those. So, but uh, positive experience really with all of them. Um, and, uh, and honestly, my next set, uh, the next thing that I'm bound and determined to do is get a node going and, uh, and do some home mining. So, uh, it would be nice to have a little bit more education out there as far as how you set up your home network for that. Um, not a network engineering type of guy. And, uh, it's really kind of hard to figure that out because I'm, I'm concerned with self-sovereignty and exposing IP addresses and things of that nature. So I don't know if there's uh, good opportunities uh, or if there's anybody that really kind of knows set up that way or just get somebody pointed in the right direction, even within uh, a website, educational material, whatever. But that's the next step. I'm, I'm all, I'm on board. Man, this this uh this panel's making me incredibly bullish. Opti, you haven't said anything in a bit. What's up, bro? Well, first off, uh I needed my coffee and then I did some workouts, but uh I don't know. I, I kinda wanna bring it back to one point when you guys were talking about energy. Uh I had this thought and it's kind of like uh the whole idea of fiat money and energy. I think it's very interesting to frame it in a way where like the powers that be know that fiat is completely detached from reality. And I think this is why they attack the energy use angle of Bitcoin is because we all know as Bitcoiners that the energy 
uh, aspect of Bitcoin attaches our money to reality, to a fundamental metric of truth, which is energy and its energy use. And so the reason that fiat money or fiat advocates uh, always attack Bitcoin and its energy use is because if we are attaching uh, fiat back to the natural order of things, then the whiplash and the effects that that, have, that has on society, I think are going to be so detrimental that the powers that be know this stuff. And I know I'm bringing it back a while uh, into the conversation, but uh, I just think it's very interesting that all of us Bitcoiners kind of align with the natural order of things. And we want things to play out on, as you guys always said today, like on a fair playing field. And the powers that be know that, uh, you know, fiat money is fake. They can print money out of nowhere. They don't need energy to back their, their anything that they do. And so this is why the energy use is such a low-hanging fruit, in my opinion. It's like the second order effects and uh, the nuance in the conversation is obviously above most uh, normie. Uh, thinking and so they do their best to obfuscate the real reasons and we know it as bitcoiners that like the real reason is because fiat money is so detached from reality and i think this is why we have so much hope as bitcoiners is because like we when you align to bitcoin when you align to the bitcoin standard uh there's a certain prospering of your of your personal individual self that you see that it's hard to it's hard to negate the the prosperity that comes from Bitcoin, even if we are in a bear market. Look how hopeful everyone is, and and like that's why my uh, you know my name on on Twitter is Optimist Fields, is because Bitcoin does give that optimism. And once more people are aligning with reality, I think we will see a lot more prosperity and a lot more human potential unlocked. Whether it's energy, whether it's human capital whether it's just people building good stuff and so who knows how long this is going to take uh you know we we do have lawrence up here and and it seems like he's been fighting at longer than i've been alive for a hard money standard and it might play out longer than we think but i think that what we always talk about even on simply is like look we are all putting our hat in the ring we are all adding a little bit to this tsunami of of dca stackers every single day whether it's tweets whether it's hodling whether it's you know taking more sats off the market and putting into self uh self custody i really do believe that it's only a matter of time i i hate to use the like bitcoin is inevitable but it to me it is inevitable because we have so many people out there that once they get bitcoin it's just like you, it's the ultimate mind virus. You can't stop thinking about it. You can't stop trying to stack more sats. You you can't stop trying to figure out more ways to provide value, more ways to get cash flows. Like you sacrifice everything to stack now so that you can live a better future, not only uh, for yourself and your family, but the understanding that like by me hodling, by me being enlightened, self-interested, you know, enlightened, selfish uh, action, I can help humanity. And it brings us all back to, to nature. And I think this is kind of what we're seeing. And to bring it completely full circle in the beginning of the conversation, uh, you were talking about like, I like to call it the pendulum swinging uh, back the other way. And you know me, I'm, I'm like the culture dude. 
I just, I look out at, at the society and then I've tried to observe culture and I try to observe what humans are doing. And in my opinion, I think we're seeing culture swing back the opposite way from woke culture. And I think people are starting to wake hey, up to on. that. Hold on, hold on. Um, getting, I don't want to, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Um, no, no, but, no, my, no, Nico, my point was that people are searching for truth. And people, people want want truth, and and people are are in this moment where they're seeking truth. And Bitcoin is that truth. Bitcoin is that that pillar of truth that aligns your self interest with being a better person in the world. And I think this is what we try to do every day: is to explain to people that look, uh, the fiat system is completely detached from reality. If you want to live a better life come back to reality and center yourself and get on the Bitcoin standard, save in Bitcoin, and you will start becoming more prosperous going into the future and your children can can live a better life. And I think this is what all humans are searching for, is to live a better life and, and uh, you know, project that into the future for their children and their children's children. And I think this is what this is why I fight for Bitcoin every day. Absolutely. I, I just want to emphasize, guys, that, you know, Bitcoin is all inclusive. Bitcoin is for everybody. Um, that being said, there's one thing that um, that Opti that you said was really fascinating. Right. Um, and it's this concept that for some reason, Bitcoin just makes Bitcoiners extremely passionate about it. Like like it, to, to the point that I'm like militant. Right. Like I, I wake up and I love to talk about Bitcoin. That's literally what I like to do every day. It's, it's my passion. It's literally my passion. Um, and I don't know why that is. And Tomer, I, I think I think we've we've gone down this rabbit hole before. Why? Why is Bitcoin bringing out the passion out of so many individuals? Oh, um, it's because. Well, I, I, let me bring it to what I was going to say, because I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that question, but I'll try to weave, weave it in. I, I think part of what Opti was saying was how Lo Lawrence has been advocating for a gold standard for a very long portion of his life, or a hard money standard for a very large portion of his life. And Bitcoin comes around and it it like sends roots into things that we can make better that gold wasn't able to. Like Like we were having the discussion earlier today. Bitcoin makes abundant, clean, sustainable energy more likely to be developed than than otherwise. Gold does nothing for energy, right? Uh, this Lightning Network that someone brought up just a few a few minutes ago, and we didn't get to discuss. It's like a way to teleport instantly at light speed this commodity anywhere in the world in, for, for practically free. Nobody is able to. Nobody's going to be able to invent that. Uh, for for gold, and so what we, we just keep seeing Bitcoin digging deep roots of permanent capability that align with a, a global, clean, sustainable human civilization, and maybe that's what is fueling what gets us so excited and what creates so much optimism and hope that this is something that unites us all, doesn't force anybody into it, isn't built on a narrative of lies is connected to energy, which is the true source of actually wealth and abundance uh, for humanity, includes includes everyone and makes itself available to be used without middlemen taking being rent seekers in the middle. How can you not be hopeful about something like that? Um, how can it not inspire you to see bigger things than you otherwise saw 
when you start to understand the implications of these things. And there's many, many more aspects of it. But even if we're just looking at these handful of them, they, it's all new and exciting and, and resistant to having those dreams crushed. So maybe that's the answer to your question, Nico. And I think it's a beautiful answer. And Tomer, only you could do that. <laughs> and it's beautiful. Um, Pubby, I haven't heard from you in a while. What's up, man? No, I, look, man. Um, it, to, as, you, as you say, Tomer um, can always just find the, the right words at the last minute uh, to express himself. Uh, you know, with, with Bitcoin, or before, or, or when I look back as to why, why are we um, here every day, all day, um, putting in um, hundreds of hours a month into learning and also passing this knowledge on to others is because when you look at this system, you, when you, you, you realize how corrupt it really is and how it gets worse every year. And this is truly the, the last chance we have of anything that's good and pure in our life. This is the last chance we have of like honest money, okay, where everything isn't just stolen from you through currency debasement. Um, you know, you see everyone going out as wage slaves. You're watching insurance and wink, wink, it's at 8% when everyone knows it's at 16 to 20%. And you're lucky enough to get a 4% raise. And every year, man, it, you're in quicksand. It's just getting harder and harder to pull out. Bitcoin is what, what gives us hope. It's, it's, a, it's that shining light. And you notice it more because the world is getting darker and darker around us, man. And I tell you what, every year, I just become more convicted the more I see. And the narrative changes. Yeah, number goes up, becomes store of value. It's a mean of exchange. To me, it's an insurance policy. It's an insurance policy of what this world is becoming. Like you were talking about the politicians, the rent seekers. They don't, they don't have enough, man. They want your pound of flesh, and then they want to tax you upon it. Uh, but this is why I'm passionate about this. I wake up thinking about Bitcoin. I go to bed thinking about Bitcoin. Don't really care about the price, to be honest with you. I sometimes don't know until a couple of days go by and, and uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I check it or, or you'll, you'll see on Twitter, people talking about it. Uh, you know, we got a red candle or a green candle. Uh, it, it's more this idea, this idea of finally something that is not controlled by, by corrupt people. And we can share in it. We can share in it. It's humanity here. You know, I remember once running a spaces and I, I was counting down. I think we had, you, you could have like 12 people on stage at the time or 13. And I, I counted and we had people from 10 different countries, man, 10 countries, which is astounding. So I, I you know, I see, um, Ala Waseg down there. Um, Africa is, in is to me, a, a fantastic future here for Bitcoin. But it, it, it brings all of us around the world with there's no there's no fakeness to it. It's just people that have the same idea. They just want they just want truth in their life, man. So that's what that's what it means to me. Absolutely beautiful. More, more amazing stories coming to you guys. We have a very special guest. His name is Olu. I hope I pronounced that correctly. The name of his name of his company is Bitcoin Village and Satoshi's Journal. How you doing, man? Welcome to the stage. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much, brother. God bless you. I appreciate um, this platform. Shout out to Swan Bitcoin. I really admire what you guys are doing here. And uh, my partner Jeremy was at the Pacific Bitcoin conference. I couldn't make it. 
and he sent me pictures and I was just so very happy. I heard it's one of the best conferences that have happened in the last few years. So shout out to Swan and everybody over there. And um, real quick, let me quickly say hello to Pubby. Uh, what's up, brother? Been a while. Stack Chain. Stack Chainers are great people. Heritage Follow Down from Nigeria, my brother. I respect Ant and every other person on the speaker panel. Thank you for humbly giving us this platform. And one quick correction. Bitcoin Village is not my company. <laughs> Bitcoin Village is uh, uh, a project of our non-profits. Oh, um, it's like a circular economy we're building in Nigeria and we're building the first ever in-class um, Bitcoin development center, like a real Bitcoin school um, building from ground up. And uh, Satoshi's Journal is my company. I'm the co-founder. Thank you. With all humility, I appreciate you guys. One more time, all the way from Lagos, Nigeria. Well, thank you. Thanks for sharing, Alu. Alu, I got a, I got a couple questions for you. I have some notes. Um, it says here you're the founder and CEO of Bot Mikash, and it's a Bitcoin-only exchange in Nigeria. Now, what's interesting about Nigeria is that from the Nigerian government attempted to roll out a CBDC, and it was very unpopular. And it's actually Bitcoin that has become very popular with the youth. But of course, I'm relying on articles for that. Is that what you're actually seeing on the ground, Ulu? Are people really embracing Bitcoin? And what is the status of the CBDC? Wow, thank you. <laughs> I always love to talk about the CBDC and, and Bitcoin. <clears throat> Every game theory that has been discussed here on this platform and many other platforms is playing out in real life. And Nigeria is in the forefront. Um, I have worked at the presidency of Nigeria at the last presidential uh, dispensation, and I understand how this country works very well. Bitcoin is liberating us as a country. Um, let me take you back real quick before we talk about the status of the CBDC. You know, 2020, we had this NSARS anti-police brutality protest that uh, went on for a few days. Uh, and then the central bank shut down bank account of donors that are enabling the protest. Uh, and real quick, one of the reasons why I really respect Jack Dorsey, uh, he tweeted the Nigerian flag and the word Bitcoin. Nigerians are very smart. Uh, 220 million people, thereabouts, 70% are young people, about 80 million of us, you know, scrambling all over the internet. Between 35 and 46 million are always on the internet every day across multiple social media. And Twitter is top notch. Uh, we got the message real quick and we were able to sustain about four days old um, protest for the next two weeks. And that trembled the government. That was the eye opener for the government of Nigeria. And, and um, although they came, they shot people um, just like the truckers protest in Canada, they came, they shot us. It was terrible. Bloods flowing everywhere. Uh, the military of our own country came to shoot us because Bitcoin was sustaining the protest. The story of that protest haven't been told properly. Um, uh, but then that was what opened the eyes of Nigerians and said, okay, so we can actually move money around 
without the government being able to stop us because licenses of fintech companies that were enabling uh, um, platforms to send donations were ceased, but it could not stop Bitcoin moving all around on chain. And that was obvious and it liberated us. So um, thereafter, just about a year after, what the government did was to accelerate um, the uh, creation of this central bank digital currency. Although since 2012, Nigeria as a country have had this cashless policy uh, for financial inclusion, but the catch-up has been very slow. You know what FIRE does, you know how they operate. It's a lot of stress in their licensing for the companies that want to do all their fractional reserve banking, brohaha, uh, can slow down the adoption as a whole. But uh, 2021, on the 5th of February, the fake love letter came and disengaged Bitcoin companies, of course, other cryptocurrency companies from the banks. And and, and that was the beginning of the game changer. And they accelerated their um, central bank digital currency. It failed when it came out between the first two weeks. Lots of funny things happening. Like you see Laura Ipsum <laughs> on a federal government central bank digital currency wallet. Uh, you could not sign in or sign up. Multiple things were happening. And I called a few of my friends uh, who are running what I now call a shitcoin company to help them fix. It was fixed, glory be to God, in the IS. It's our country's sovereign money. But a lot of shady things happening over there. Now they are trying to enforce it. Um, three weeks ago, the central bank governor declared that we will not be able to withdraw more than a hundred thousand naira, which is just a little bit over a hundred dollars in our country right now. We are under like twenty-five percent inflation. Don't believe what they tell you. In the real world market, they tell you it's twenty-one percent, but in the real world market is about thirty-six percent, right? And um so now the lawmakers realize that election, general election is coming on the uh, 25th of February 2023. And if you cannot move more than $100 worth or just a little bit over $100 worth of cash in a week, how can the lawmakers and big-time politicians who usually use cash to win elections and to, you know, um, uh, proliferate their corrupt practices that make them win elections cheaply? And of course, sponsor their violence and everything that they do. How can they make, make way? So... They, they now decided to uh, play a fast one on the central bank. And, and you must have heard that Nigeria most likely will license or, or would uh, legalize cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. And that uh, woke up the central bank governor and, and he also decided to play a, a, a fast one back, which I know is just for the short term. To increase the threshold, it's now about uh, $1,000 per week that you can withdraw in cash. But guess what? This is the gameplay that has not been written. The central bank governor wanted to contest for the presidency of the, of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. It was played uh, in his party, uh, all progressive Congress, the ruling party. They played him dirty. And I think it was, he, he, he decided to say, you know what? What I'm going to do for you guys is I'm going to ensure I enforce the CBDC. You won't be able to play your gimmicks for this election since you didn't let my ambition for the presidency work. I am going to be leaving this CBDC. Uh, this central bank office pretty soon, but I will embed the CBDC into Nigeria's uh, uh, monetary uh, system. Uh, but right now, um, that's the update. But I want to tell you that the adoption of the CBDC is very low. Central bank is trying to incentivize people, but people are trying to avoid it. The fact that Bitcoin has been in the bear market for many months now, and of course, what happened to FTX is still making people a little bit skeptical. But I can tell you, 
in five minutes you can sell Bitcoin to a Nigerian uh, once you tell them a few things like uh, does inflation affect you? Uh, do you understand the bank, de bank deductibles? Do you like it? They say no. Inflation, they say yes. Um, and they say things like cross-border remittance, they, they grumble, they complain. By that time, you already won their heart. And if you tell them about privacy, boom, you're already there. You're 90% you're there. If you now tell them that this money actually is a money go up technology, if you huddle for a long time like you buy a land, you're definitely going to be victorious. Boom. A Nigerian man, a Nigerian woman, poor or old, in, can speak English or not, will buy Bitcoin from you quickly. And our OTC decks and P2P decks is massive. Um, millions and millions of dollars is being traded every day between poor and rich. Uh, until you come down here before you know how it's going. CBDC is really nowhere yet, although they have the capacity to enforce it. Man, it, it, dude, so that is such that is such an inspiring story, Ulu. And I, I love how you told us like the inner workings of how everything was 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 going on. Um, I, I gave you a follow on Twitter. I would love to talk about this more. Um, but uh, but wow, such a crazy, crazy. I'll, I'll send you a DM as well. So it's such a crazy story. And I have my, my friend, Harry the Eagle, also from Nigeria. He's come on my show before. Harry, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm fine. Nico and Opti, man. Nice to have me on your show. I mean, towards the end of the year, all you have spoken intensively about the situation of things in Nigeria, and um, I'm excited um, to be participating on your space today. And, um, you know, you're always open to, like, asking me questions. Um, I'm always willing to, like, um, give my responses as far as Bitcoin is concerned. possibility nico dropped off hold on oh sorry i think i was muted i think i was muted um harry thank you so much for 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 coming man the the, 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 the story that you shared with opti and i was so inspirational and i think that's the signal right there the signal right there is that olu and harry they don't live in a country to use alex gladstein's own word that has financial privilege right, which is most of the world. Most of the world does not have stable currencies. And that is exactly what Bitcoin is for. But what's really interesting as well is that those countries, those governments that are supposed to be for the people by the people would rather have, have their people use a, a, a currency that's even worse than the dollar because the inflation rate is double digits, right? It's a completely different dynamic. And your story was inspiring, Olu, and how they're fighting back. But I, you know what? At the end of this, I think we'll win because you mentioned it. The incentives of Bitcoin are stronger than the incentives of central bank digital currencies. A central bank, central bank digital currency will always want to inflate. It will always want to debase money. Bitcoin, your wealth is protected, right? It's, it's, yes. it's completely different. Olu? Absolutely. I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, 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 we are here where all the problems uh, exist. You know, uh, this is the country that I think uh, Satoshi Nakamoto dreamt about when he was thinking of Bitcoin. You may not understand uh, until you're here. Uh, 
the Bitcoiners in Nigeria love Bitcoin so much, although we are so unfortunate to have big, big companies um, that are proliferating the space with um, what we maxis call shit coins. Uh, it, it might be exciting in the beginning, but as soon as you see that it's full of scam, you will quickly withdraw from it and you want to stay Bitcoin only. Uh, something is going to happen in Nigeria in 2023. If, if this central bank digital currency uh, enforcement persists, which I pray it happens because I've been announcing this, what will play out is uh, the, the lawmakers of Nigeria are very, very smart. Uh, uh, Nigeria is filled with smart and, and good people, but unfortunately we are very corrupt people in, in the leadership position. But they know how to do good when they want to do good. So what is going to happen is the, 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 the game theory. These guys will intentionally fasten the legalization of Bitcoin and also cryptocurrencies because big companies like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to name names, uh, if anybody get hurt, uh, it's to their own business. They don't they don't pay me. Big companies like Binance have uh, really messed up our country. Uh, they've hired the biggest and the biggest players in the fintech and the financial sector. Uh, for example, they had somebody who's like a chairman of First Bank, former chairman of First Bank. That's like saying Binance hired the former chairman of Bank of America to help them lobby the government on regulatory uh, issues. And I believe that bag of money may have exchanged hands. I don't know uh, what is true or what is not, but I'm very, very sure that between the first quarter, uh, there might be favorable pronunciations for Bitcoin. Uh, it will also affect cryptocurrency you know, positively for the players that are playing in that area. But you know, the, the, the negative outcomes of um, the lies in the cryptocurrency space will, will wake Nigeria up and maybe the law after a year and the alpha will be repealed. Uh, all the things that happen in the U.S. around uh, FTX, FB, SBF is already happening in Nigeria quietly, but nobody's making noise about it. I know very soon our Economic and Financial Crime Commission Agency and, and, and our Nigerian Bar Associations will wake up and see that, oh, this space is a cash cow. Let's chase after the bad players and, 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 and make Bitcoin reign supreme. So um, <laughs> stay, stick around, guys. That's what I suspect will happen. Thanks. Thanks, Olu. I also want to get, um, I was told, um, I was told Jeremy, you are also part of Satoshi's journal. Do you want to talk a little bit about it? Jeremy is actually the CEO and founder. <laughs> the CEO and founder. Oh, my God. The CEO <laughs> and founder of Satoshi's journal. Hey, there, Nico. Thank you for having us. Yeah. I really appreciate it uh, for the time. And, uh, yeah, we. Uh, I wanted to focus on the uh, school that we're building. So Satoshi's journal is our, uh, it's a for-profit uh, news media news and education media platform based out of Nigeria. Um, I formerly wrote for Bitcoin Magazine. Doesn't mean I won't write for them again, but as a writer for Bitcoin Magazine, I thought to myself, um, if I could create something different um, and give the plebs a voice for uh, their Bitcoin stories and then uh, news that was more grassroots uh, centric, um, that was how Satoshi Journal was born. And before we did Satoshi's Journal, Olu and I uh, did uh, created the Fix the Money, Fix the World Foundation. That's our nonprofit. And so that's what's building the school. So um, that's basically Satoshi's Journal 
Uh, one of the things we do different is we pay our contributors. Um, so if you want to write for us, we'll pay you 25,000 Satoshis for your first article and 10,000 Satoshis for your second article um, and every successive article thereafter. Um, so as far as the school, though, um, that's probably what I'm most excited about. Um, we're building a school. It's going to be a little over 2,500 square feet, a Bitcoin only school where we're going to teach the children in a local village. Um, I always can't pronounce it, so Olu, you can uh, correct me, but in Atomu Epe, Lagos, Nigeria. And I posted some things in the, in the nest so you guys can see um, the village and its construction. So we're, we're using our media company to basically showcase what we're doing. Olu is on the ground in Nigeria. I live in the States. And so he's the one overseeing construction. Um, and I'm, I've been in construction all my life. But what Olu's having to deal with there in Nigeria to build this school is a cut above what I've had to deal with. And so, um, Olu, if you want to give them a, a quick rendition of what you're dealing with and, and the status of the school, uh, that'd be awesome. And then please look in the nest. You'll see the pictures of the school. We finished our water well last week, and uh, we're super excited. Thank you, Nico. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Oh, yes, I'm very, very excited. Um, already in Nigeria, you know, uh, uh, we have uh, our fellow uh, other brothers uh, who are working on a Bitcoin uh, development uh, program. It's virtual. It's called Tala. Maybe some of you know uh, it's some of my Nigerian brothers, and they're doing well. But of course, this country is a country of 220 million people, thousands and thousands and thousands of very good software developers. Uh, Tala can do uh, can only do a little. Um, for example, I don't think they've been able to graduate up to 50 developers. And the last one. I Half year, so it's um, okay. Uh, we're going to also um, help, uh, you know, uh, ex Alu. I think the matrix got you, man. You keep you keep fading out a bit. So, so yeah, I think he's having some bad connections, but that's all right. I, I have some notes here. So, the school we um, basically started it. Uh, a few months ago, we had some construction setbacks, um, but we did basically it's built in a jungle. And so if, um, if you look in the nest, you'll see an aerial dr a drone shot of where it's going to be. But the, so we had a clearing grub, uh, basically an acre's worth of jungle. And then we uh, did the survey and then we did a geotechnical report to make so sure the soil was conducive of um, building a structure on top of it. And we've been very lucky from the get-go. From a construction standpoint, um, it's the perfect location to build. Uh, the village is comprised of a little over 20,000 people, according to the king. We've, we've received the king's blessing and the village men and women's blessing. The king's name is, uh, and I'm going to screw it up, so hopefully uh, Heritage can help me. But uh, he goes by the name Majesty Oba. Oba means king. Uh, Taiwu Yusuf Badamasu. Aoba Etomu one of Etomu land. And uh, so uh, basically, Olu on the ground has been meeting with the village men and women and the king to just get their blessing and make sure they know what is coming. And our intent is to teach the children and the village men about Bitcoin. Uh, it'll be a STEM-based school, science, technology, engineering, and math. And our intent is to teach this, this the students what money is first, the history of money, and then get them into the point where they can understand Bitcoin. 
um, and then create a circular economy. So we're we're essentially copying Bitcoin Beach, but in a jungle. And uh, of course, there there is a lot of water. Uh, Lagos, Nigeria, is known as the um, I think the land of aquatic splendor. Olu, if you're back on, you can correct yes, me on that. Yes, the, the city of aquatic splendor. There you go. So go ahead, Olu. Keep on going, man. Yes. So we want our developers who are very good in software uh, engineering to be able to channel that knowledge into Bitcoin. You get the best developer from the bank or from any big company or whether it's Microsoft or whatever. You put them in Bitcoin, they can't do nothing. They become very useless. Uh, and these are big boys who are already making all the money from software development. So we said, you know what, uh, this is a big challenge in Nigeria. It's also going to affect adoption and we have to create in-class sessions. And that's why we're building the school. It's on a one acre piece of land. Uh, just like Jeremy said, we're basically co co copying. We're inspired by the Bitcoin bitch, but of course, uh, this is a, 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 a development that is tailored to our own environment. So I, I donated one acre piece of land uh, on the island uh, it's, the area is called Itomo, Epe local government. It's just about four minutes away from the shoreline of Badure. The shoreline of Badure, you have a jetty worth $2 million or more created by the government. I think it's way more than that. I'm just underestimating. And the Fort Milan Bridge is going to be crossing into uh, uh, 40 minutes um, drive from where we have the Bitcoin Village one acre piece of land right now. So the future of that place is a, is a mega city. There's an international airport that is uh, also 25 minutes away from this portion where our Bitcoin Village land is situated. And uh, what strategic place should we put such real estate for Bitcoin if it's not at that area? But, but the area don't even have electricity. So it's also a very wonderful location to uh, uh, put solar uh, electricity and, and, of course, heat homes with miners. Um, so we want a situation whereby these software developers can come in class and some of them take virtual classes. We have best of the best volunteers from all over the world. If you guys are here, you can, you know, uh, begin to talk to us, come to Nigeria, teach these people how to write codes for Bitcoin, Lightning, and, of course, how to refurbish miners. In Nigeria, there's a big technology market. If you know how to re repair Android phones or iPhones, you can actually become a millionaire in six months. If you know how to repair Apple laptops, Windows laptops, etc., couple uh, Linux systems and all those things, you can really make a lot of money. And, and the Nigerian tech ecosystem is very, very ripe. But Bitcoin is in, is in its nascent stage and, and it's very juicy. So we want a situation whereby in the next five years, we'll have thousands of thousands of Bitcoin miner repairers because I'm a miner myself. When my miners get spoiled. I have to export them out of this country. It's a very, very big problem. We think that's a niche because we have the computer village market that takes in about $1 billion in every week when it comes to uh, parts and accessories of mobile phones and mobile technology. I'm, I, I, can't, I can't imagine or I can actually imagine progressively a situation whereby somebody who cannot speak English but is very uh, good with his hands can repair stuff, electrical stuff, um, can actually learn how to repair, refurbish a miner, and he can begin to call himself a mining engineer, a miner uh, machine engineer. Uh, so many uh, job descriptions will pop up from us um, um, training these people. And another beautiful thing that we've been able to do is we have collaborated uh, Quietly, it has not been announced, but we're announcing it here, um, um, pre-announcement on Cafe Bitcoin, because we love this prestigious platform so much. A private polytechnic, we were told the name for now, we're announced in 2023. Uh, a private polytechnic, we have, we have been speaking to, the founder of the polytechnic is so excited. They want a situation whereby the Bitcoin village can marry with their polytechnic such that 
when we issue certificates from the Bitcoin Village, uh, uh, the people from their school can benefit from that. The school um, grad, uh, graduating students from their polytechnic is a private science polytechnic. They teach them engineering, mathematics, elect uh, electrical engineering, uh, and of course, computer science. They can come to the Bitcoin Village and study for their thesis um, what a Bitcoin economy, uh, uh, um, circular economy look like. They can come and learn what we do in class, whether it is full stack uh, Bitcoin development or, or, or over lightning or whatever it is. And, and whatever sets we issue here at the Bitcoin Village will also be issued in their school so we can exchange students. We can have exchange pro programs. The lecturers can come uh, and our teachers, whether local or foreign, can also um, offer Bitcoin knowledge to the school. And, and this is an federal government accredited school. So it's more like us playing a, a, an intelligent ones uh, um, um, within the country. The federal government cannot stop a private institution from offering a special cost like Bitcoin only. And, and, and they are already accredited. So imagine a situation in 2023, we're going to be issuing accredited Bitcoin only uh, certificates in collaboration with this private polytechnic. So uh, it's a big vision for us. It's a proper school, not, a, not just a virtual school. There'll be virtual education. But as you can see in the nest, uh, the one acre piece of land was very bushy. We cleared the with the land, the soil test was done. All our documents from the Lagos State government we have gotten, and uh, we own the entire street. And the, the goal is to actually uh, name it uh, maybe Bitcoin Village Street or Satoshi Nakamoto Crescent or Avenue. Uh, it's open to plebs to uh, uh, um, uh, suggest for us. I'll just take the recommended name to the look to the local government. I'm already in talks with the local government and the state government, and they've, they've already given us the go ahead to do that. The government will come and it will cut the ribbon open for the streets. Also, we hope that by the 24th uh, stroke, 25th of March 2023, when the Nigerian Bitcoin conference will be happening, you all will be able to come here and wherever the construction would have getting, gotten to by that time, we're able to We'll be able to cut uh, open the the building. Uh, the building is supposed to have audio-visual uh, uh, rooms where you can have Bitcoin podcasts, Bitcoin videos, uh, content creation, because we have um, Satoshi Journal video equipment, content creation equipment here in Nigeria. Uh, we have a uh, space for 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 meetups inside the building itself and an amphitheater for 120 people, 60-60 life left and right um, if you want to do an outdoor reach out. The Oba, the paramount king of the village, is so excited about this and uh, uh, and the entire village can't wait for the conference to happen in their village. The village is not a city yet. It's, it's, a, it's a local community, an emerging village. Uh, real estate-wise, yes, in the next five years, it can become a very, very expensive village. But for now, we think this is the best place to put this um, infrastructure because we, we unlike El Salvador, we don't have a president like Nayib Bukele who is supporting us. So we are doing this at our own risk. Myself and Jeremy are spending our hard-earned money. And shout out to the stock trainers who have decided to support us with everything that they have. Uh, we're spending our hard-earned money to build this uh, uh, um, risky, uh, uh, um, um, monumental institution because the government can come tomorrow and begin to play funny. But one thing, though, they don't own the land. We own the land as a private land, as a freehold land. Uh, government don't have power over the land. Uh, but if we had put this school in a city center, firstly, to cost us 100x of what is costing us now and then we, we may run into trouble faster because of the jealousy of the banks and all of that but where we are we're starting small even though it's a monumental structure that will bring 
development to the local government uh, and, and to the village itself because the villagers are they cannot wait to uh, uh, experience what can happen here. Many of them are already getting used to the word Bitcoin and, and they're learning Bitcoin. And we want a situation whereby um, in the next one and a half year, two years, or even 15, 20, 50 years, whether I am alive in 50 years or not, or Jeremy is alive, or any one of us here in 100 years or no more, the Bitcoin village in Nigeria will be there. It will be said that in 2022, Olu, Jeremy, and a few Bitcoiners gathered together at Cafe Bitcoin and they discussed this building that is currently being erected. The form work of the foundation has been done. Reinforcement is going on right now. And after that, we will do the uh, column casting and the German floor, which is the DPC level uh, downproof cost will, will be put together and, and we set the blocks for the ground floor. And and after that, we'll deck it and we set the blocks for the next floor, which is the, the first floor. Then we'll roof it. I believe by March, we should have been done. Uh, it's quite expensive, but God is on our side. We're pushing with our own money, but we're very, very open to support. It, it, it This gives me goose pimples uh, when I'm saying this because I never thought of building a school. I've always been teaching children. Uh, they call me Uncle Bitcoin in Nigeria. And, and fortunately for me, I, I have also orange peeled the ex-president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. He's no more a president any longer, but he bought his first Bitcoin from me via Bought My Cash, uh, our Bitcoin-only exchange. And, and and he has given us his support verbally. He said, you know, I can't really influence anything right now, but do what you have to do. I'll talk to a few of my friends. So if I can do that with nothing at a at my humble level uh, as a citizen, I have no wealthy father or wealthy mother, uh, and, and I can uh, I can have access to the president and and back-to-back meetings about five times convincing to buy Bitcoin and stay Bitcoin only and never do anything else. And then I can also I always live around, operate around the farmers, the widows, the poorest of the poor, the kids. So both side, best of both sides of the world in our, in our country, then I'm, I'm in a position to actually carry the public address system, stand at the bus stop on the street and scream Bitcoin. I don't care what the government will do, but this that we are building, uh, I believe that with your, with, with the support of all of you, uh, uh, um, even if anything happens to Olu tomorrow, <laughs> uh, I'm sure Jeremy will make an announcement and we'll continue to build the Bitcoin village. Uh, uh, if I'm alive or not, I just want the Bitcoin village to be a monumental structure. And in 50 years, schools, not just the private polytech- polytechnic that we're partnering with today, uh, maybe in another 20 years, we would have counted about 20 sco- private schools and maybe... 20 federal schools in, in Nigeria and, and across Africa partnering with uh, what we have been able to uh, build at the Bitcoin Village. It's going to be fantastic. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm, I'm so excited about these projects. Satoshi's Journal, Bitcoin Village, super exciting. Where, Olu, where could people find out more, more about it? Oh, thank you very much. They can go to www.satoshijournal.com. That's our, it's like our own baby uh, Bitcoin magazine, uh, but Bitcoin only. You can find information there. Fix the money, fix the world.net is also our um, nonprofit organization. They can go and read about Bitcoin Village there. But it's so quick for you if you go to at Village Bitcoin on Twitter, it's on the, in, on the next, or if you talk to any of the stack chain as they know dj satoshi is also our brother friend and partner uh if you know him you can reach out to him and many of our friends that will do who writes for uh bitcoin magazine you can ask him any questions a few other people that i cannot mention quickly know about the bitcoin village uh of course i think probably may have gotten a few information d uh with here tau uh, uh it's also been a support morally and, and and of course which is which is um 
SATs, you know, so you can just ask random people uh, uh, about Bitcoin Village. It's, it's not an, an Eden project. Uh, you can send somebody here or if you have a friend on ground, whether they know me, Olu, or not, the address is open. Uh, you can tell them to go and check what we are doing. On, on request, we are willing to send any documents um, that will show transparency, whether it is the land proof document, the survey, whether it is the uh, soy test, all government approval, uh, uh, whether it is the budget that we are using uh, that has been developed by the uh, uh, builder itself, uh, himself. So we are willing to... Um, um, uh, open up our books for everybody. There is nothing eating that we are doing here. I donated the land 100%. I have no plans to make a dollar out of it in return. Uh, we hope that plebs can help us come together and we can run this um, uh, Bitcoin institution continuously uh, with our knowledge. All of you that have books, that have um, um, educational materials, you can begin to talk to us now. We have a library where they can all be. If you do Bitcoin arts, we can have your artwork as a monument uh, a beautiful uh, uh, mural on the wall forever and ever. Uh, whatever it is that you're doing that you think you're already doing for free in this space, uh, this is where you can actually take it to the next level. The In Nigeria, by, the, by 2050, we're going to be over 500 million people. And as, as I speak to you, that village does not have electricity. Um, uh, that village does not have uh, clean water. We, we've been able to give them clean water just last week. We now have our water well and water tank, like Jeremy said. So people in the village are already ripping from Bitcoin village. More than uh, uh, 500 homes have never seen clean water. But since last week that uh, we started uh, a progressive uh, construction at the village site, we've been able to get clean water. Ask anybody in Nigeria, uh, Lekki Axis, whether clean water is easy to come back. No, it's a very, very expensive thing. And, and we're we are very happy that the Bitcoin village can now supply clean water to the people in the village. We're already receiving prayers and blessings uh, of what Bitcoin is already doing in that village. And, and more and more is to come. Once the block starts to set by the first week of January, um, no shitcoin, no enemy, no fiat can stop us by then. Uh. Bullish. Uh, Olu, uh, man, I'd love to continue this conversation. I sent you a DM. Guys, I'm going to wrap it up, though. We are running out of time today. Um, this is Cafe Bitcoin, guys. This is what you've been listening to. It's the best place for morning news and the preferred hangout for some of the smartest minds in the Bitcoin industry. You could find the audio-only version of this show on Fountain, Spotify, Apple. Thanks to Swan. They're the sponsor of the show. And Pacific Bitcoin, of course. Um, also, guys, if you haven't already done so, download the Swan app. Install it. Rate Leave us a review if you feel if you feel generous enough, and uh, th and thanks also to our crew, Ant, Peter, Sats for Life, and of course, my good friend, the one, the only, the legendary producer Jacob. I'm your host, Nico. At also at BitVault Seven is my Twitter handle. Thanks again to the speakers, all everybody that came up. We appreciate what you do, Bitcoin Village, Satoshi's Journal. Keep keep going. Get on the mission, everybody. Love you guys. Have a great day. Crush it.